Yes, sir. That should get everybody's heart go beating and going and get us all primed up for another Man on Second podcast, part of Real Voices of the Game Productions. I'm Joe Forsaro with our co-host and producer, Dave D'Agostino. And today we have a special treat for our audience uh, because we, we, we like to touch on all aspects of baseball here at the network. We've had you know, everyone, we've had Hall of Famers on, we've had managers, general managers, a lot of scouts, coaches, uh, players, current, past, minor leaguers. But today we're going to go on the grassroots level and we're going to do a first here on the podcast because I'm going to have a father-son podcast with, you know, people who are real people who are part of playing high school and youth baseball. And they are Michael Krasner's the father, Spencer Krasner, left-handed pitcher uh, at American Heritage High School here in Plantation, Florida. Uh, the last year, Spencer, as a freshman, they won the state 5A state championship. But before we get in uh, with Spencer and Michael, uh, Dave, this should be a fun one. And I know it's up your alley, you being a former coach and, uh, and still current coach. And, and this level kind of appeals to you. So, Dave, what's going on? How are we doing? Well, yeah, don't don't get the word out that I'm still coaching because I'm trying to <laughs> gradually slide out of the grassroots stuff. But I, I, I love what you're doing, Joe, down in Florida. I think, uh, you know, you're a champion to the grassroots baseball down there. And I know the people value you. And, and I, I just enjoy the, the connections you make with these young men and their families. I think they appreciate it as well. So I'm excited about this. And our audience and, and, and Spencer, this is not to make you more nervous, but I want to thank, I'm going to throw a number out here. Just kind of cover your ears if you don't want to hear it. Uh, our audience is, is close to 44,000 subscribers right now. We're in 73 countries. So if he's not already, I know the big lefty down there is making a lot of noise nationally here, but you're now global. Um, we just want to thank our 73 countries for the support. Make sure on this show specifically, get on there, download, listen, like, subscribe, and make sure you give Joe a five rating. And let's put a nice review up there for Michael and Spencer and Joe today. Because uh, we do battle the analytics of the podcast world, just like we do in baseball, so it's no different. Um, but but uh, going to be a great show, Joe. I, I've enjoyed the grassroots shows you've done, and, and you're right. I you know having been at the college level and 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 uh, done some things at the professional level, and now doing uh, grassroots uh, predominantly helping kids reach their goals. Uh, I'm excited about this one because this is a young man who has a pretty good idea where he wants to go, and that's very rare for such a young age. And I'm anxious to hear the uh, the strong relationship built between father and son that helps that's helped him mature so quickly. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and that's again uh, one of the missions. And and we do try to try to mix it up. We try to bring as as many voices. And that's right, we are the real voices of the game. And you know, we've hear from everybody, but we don't hear enough from the grassroots. So I figure it's really good. I'm going to keep doing these type of shows and bringing in uh, young players and, and get their points of view on where the sport is and and then, you know, just kind of their path and their journey. Uh, with, with that in mind, uh, let's look quickly. Uh, Michael Krasner, Spencer's dad, uh, has been a coach at Cooper City High School. Uh, he's coached travel ball. So, this topic you know, touch, touches home because I didn't necessarily coach my son, but uh, I was very active in my son's baseball development, and he's now uh, working for the Arizona Diamondbacks in the pro scouting department. So let's bring in Michael and Spencer. Guys, thanks so much for being here, and, and welcome to the show. Joe, Dave, thanks uh, for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you yeah. for having us. Yeah. Let's start with Spencer uh, because uh, take us through your, your freshman year. 
because, you know, we, we've talked, you know, I've talked a lot about this. Uh, before the high school season started, I go out and I was doing a little preview story on American Heritage High School. And this was supposed to be a down year for American Heritage. Very young team. Um, and uh, hold on one second. Uh, yeah, very, very young team. And they were the expectations at Heritage are always high, but I think they were kind of among the inner circles thinking this potentially could be a down year for, for Heritage being so young. Yet, you know, when I was out there, I, I'm watching some of these guys throwing bullpens, and there's this little lefty that really catches my eye. And I'm like, who is that kid? And it was Spencer Krasner. And, and then by the time the season ended, uh, he, he like hit a growth spurt, but he, he was one of the – one of the top left-handed pitchers in South Florida and probably the state of Florida. And lo and behold, American Heritage surprises everyone. They they go to state and win the 5-8 championship, and, and Spencer was part of that. Spencer, take us through that whole year, how you guys believed when maybe some others didn't. Yeah, to start the year, uh, to go in the fall, we weren't sure what to expect like as a team. So we went out there, we played our best in the fall, and then once spring came, we just all all came together, it seemed like. We all, like, bonded together, and we all just played as a team. Was there a moment, a game? I know you had some ups and downs there, but was there, you know, a moment where you saw a turn? I think the game against Doral, even though we lost that game, we all were just, like, all clicking together. Like, I knew after that point we were going to be perfectly fine where we were. Yeah, that, that was a, a tremendous game. And uh, for our audience, uh, Doral had Adrian Santana, one of the top players in the state and one of the top high school players in the country. And he was drafted. Oh, do you guys remember who drafted uh, Adrian? I think it was the Rays. The Rays. Okay, well, not surprisingly. Uh, shortstop with, you know, blinding speed, switch hitter, just a tremendous player. And, uh, yeah, that, that was a heck of a game. But – you know, that's the type of level that, you know, we, we have down here. Michael, as a father, how did you kind of keep it, you know, keep your son grounded? Obviously, he still has a long way to go in development, but he's, he's now had success at the high school level. How did you kind of prepare Spencer for the challenges of high school, high school baseball? Yeah, I mean, I think the goal was to uh, play baseball in high school, but to attempt to make the varsity team. Uh it wasn't really the utmost goal for him to be on varsity, but if the goal was varsity. So if he can make that team and be a part of that, that was the initial goal. And preparing him for that mindset was really the the idea going into high school. So Spencer played on a lot of competitive teams growing up, so it helped him, you know, from the mindset perspective to compete. Yeah, yeah, and, and boy, did he ever. Uh, just to give our audience some perspective – uh, American Heritage, that's uh, where Tristan Casas went to school. That's where before him, um, uh, Eric Hosmer, uh, Zach Collins, the catcher. Uh, and who was pitching last year the, before before Spencer was there? Uh, Brandon, I never pronounce his name right, but he was drafted first round by Toronto. The, the hard-throwing lefty, he was on the team in 2021. And, and you know, so the, this is the legacy that American Heritage has. And we've had... Early on, uh, when I joined the network here, we had Bruce Avon, the AD, uh, who used to be the baseball coach there, and and you know he had Bruce on the show, 
and Mike Macy, the coach, and his staff do an amazing job and maybe probably the best coaching job in the state. I think uh, I think you guys would agree. What did Coach Macy kind of do to kind of keep belief up, guys? I think um, he just didn't try to overdo it with us. Like He kept his composure the same way we did, and he just didn't try to force too much onto us. He just let us do our thing, and then once practice came, he fixed a few things, and then once I think the end of the season, towards the end of the season happened, at the West Broward game on, we were just ready for anything. Yeah, yeah, you could just see that, you know. And and Spencer, was there a, a game early on that kind of really helped your confidence that, you know, you're like not only, you know, can you be on a varsity team as a freshman, but you could be an impact pitcher on the varsity team? I think it was the first few games of the year we played at um, – John Carroll and I came in I think it was my second game of the year and I went two innings seven K's and that just made me like realize like I can do this like I was there so I think like right after that game I realized like I was ready for this yeah yeah you you certainly you know and I know and I know that Heritage was looking for young, young players to step up and and to their credit you know they they will give opportunity to to those who who show that they they can handle it, and and you certainly did that. And um, you know it, it was a it was an amazingly fun ride for you guys. And once the games got more intense and and the stakes got higher, you guys started to become unstoppable. You know, big hits, uh, big outs by the pitching staff. Uh, what was that kind of role uh, like, Spencer? So starting the year, I, I wasn't really a starter. They had me as a as a relief guy for, like, if we were only up by, like, five or more, I'd come in just relief. But then we had a couple injuries, and then Macy finally gave me the shot to start. And the first start, I mean, was probably the best start I've had. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, how, what was your mindset? I mean, did, did you embrace it? Were you, and butterflies are natural, but, you know, that's natural to, to kind of get that, but but all athletes that they they conquer that and they kind of feed off that. And um, yeah, I know Todd Hollinsworth. I don't know if you ever met Todd Hollinsworth. We've had him on the show, former Marlins and former big league outfielder and and broadcaster. And I did a a showcase a couple of months back, and and Todd, the message he gave to the players before was, you know, their scouts here today, their colleges here today. And you're going to all want to do well, but he encouraged everyone to embrace the pressures, not let pressures get to them. How did you kind of handle pressure? I mean, I, I really just, I was super excited. I mean, I went out there, just did my routine like I always do, just pitch my game. I've said it in, in my interviews with you. I just went out there through strikes. I mean, that's all I can do. Yeah, and, and you certainly did. Dave, jump in. Yeah, no, no, that's, I love that. So, uh, what I love so far is we've gone 12 minutes in and we haven't talked about velocity, which is phenomenal. We talked about strikes. Michael, this question's for you as, as a dad. I, you know, as a, as a young kid coming through, I had the great fortune of playing for my dad, but I also was very lucky and played for some very good coaches. And then the same as a college player and then as a professional player. When I work with grassroots level kids now and parents, I always tell the parents that no matter what your background is, and obviously Spencer's lucky because you have a baseball background, but your parents are going to be the best coaches you have. They're the only people that go to bed thinking about you at night and wake up thinking about you. 
So from a, from, from your standpoint as a, as a former player, as a coach, and then as his dad, talk to our audience. And again, we're not a visual, it's an audio show, but talk to our audience about Spencer's repertoire, his pitches, um, and even go so far arm angle and give, give us a, a comp. Who, who does he remind you of without, you know, again, we're not asking to blow him up. Who does, what pitcher does he kind of remind you of? Is he kind of coming up in that mold? Yeah, it's, it's funny. Cause, uh, I have always said Spencer, uh, and that, the ugly V word that you brought up just a, a minute ago, yeah. um, it, it was, it's something that I haven't ever focused on. And I've always, I've always tried to him to, tried for him to basically focus and and gear himself towards a Tom Glavin-esque type of mentality and and repertoire. I mean, I, I have a picture of him from probably 2017 or so when we were in Atlanta and I took a picture in front of number 47 while we were there. And I just feel like that's the mold I want him to to focus on. Tom didn't throw a lot of, you know, hard velo type of, you know, pitch types. And I think that's the focus that, you know, Spencer has always been at, be able to, you know, pitch to contact, uh, get outs and be effective. And and that's, that's really been the focus on, on how I've, tr- you know, not mold him, but just educate him in, in how to pitch in this game. Yeah. I love that. What, what's his repertoire? What, what pitches is he throwing right now? In a he's, typical game, yeah, he's got about forty-seven pitches. No, uh, <laughs> he he really is fastball, uh, two seam two seam fastball, changeup, uh, curveball, and a little bit of slider. Good. Now, I love the changeup, and, and Glavin's a great role model to have. And I love the message you're giving to him about it's about getting outs and pitching to contact. So Spencer, hopefully you're paying attention to Dad in that regard. And um, now I got this one goes to you, Spencer. I got a fun question for you, and I'll I'll reveal a little of myself too, um, so that way you can maybe open up on this one. So I, I love nicknames. Um, as a young kid, I coming up, I was small, um, always undersized. And, and, you know, I was, we played two, three, four games in a day and I used to love chicken McNuggets. So I eat a few and then I put a couple, one in each back pocket and I snack on it whenever I had a chance without anybody seeing me. One of my teammates saw that and started calling me nugget. So from the age of 10 till the age I stopped playing as a pro from 25, my nickname was nugget. And it still pops up from time to time on social media when an old teammate sees it. So I ask you, um, where did the nickname McShovin come from? So it was uh, last- That is your nickname, right? I, I saw that out there. Yes, it is. Okay. So last summer, we were in uh, Sanford for a tournament. And I had shaved my head the weekend before. And I had glasses at the time. So one of my teammates' dads called me McLovin from the movie yep. Superbad. And Got it. That weekend, I went, uh, I think, six innings, no hits, 15 Ks, and then he just called me McShevin after that. And oh, boy. That would be a good gift for you if they gave you his uh, copy of his license, fake ID from the movie, right? <laughs> I know he was, he was an, or, they said he was an organ donor in the movie, so make sure it's an organ donor. Yeah. I've got a baseball question for you, Spencer, too. So um, I asked Dad your repertoire. Now with you, obviously, you're, you're a strike thrower, which I love, professional glove hitter. If you've got a guy 0-2 or with two strikes, let's just say, what's your strikeout pitch? What are you going to? I'd probably say changeup or I'd go fastball or two seam inside. Yep. If it's a lefty, I'll bust it in. Righty, I'll, I'll make it run away. Good deal. I like the answer. Joe, I'll pass back to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks, Dave. And it's interesting. You, you mentioned velocity, and I got a quick story on that. I don't even think I told uh, Spencer Michael this, but – 
was at one of one of the games at Heritage, and I'm just watching Spencer and shooting videos and such. And and another media member was there. He comes up. He goes, "How hard is he throwing?" And I said, "I don't care." And uh, and then, but in my mind, I said, "He's probably throwing about 85." And then I looked before I, I did a, a perfect game search or Google on Spencer, and his perfect game page showed up, and it was 86. So I mean, my eyes can kind of see it. But I'm glad he didn't. He mentioned he, he doesn't chase it because I didn't care. I, because I know what kind of pitcher Spencer is, and I also know his age. And that velocity is going to be mid 90s by the time he's 18, 19. But he doesn't have to worry about that right now. And you know, pitch ability is what mattered. You know, the guys this year, and, and the Krasners will know the name. Uh, when early in the year, when I'm watching Christian Rodriguez pitch for Stoneman Douglas. And they're facing Doral, and Doral withdrew Frankie Menendez, who actually pitched against uh, against Heritage that night. That those that Spence talked about a little earlier. Christian Rodriguez, big velo guy, and and scout, it was obvious. And then I heard he threw 97 that day. Yeah, I'll pay attention if the velocity is there, but I'm not there caring. You know <laughs> what what the velocity is is the pitchability aspect of it, and and. Uh, Michael, has that always kind of been the mindset and you've tried to instill in Spence? Yeah, it really has been. I mean, Velo is not a conversation piece in this house. It really isn't. We really focus on, you know, getting outs, being able to hit corners and live there. You know, the old Greg Maddox, you know, he paints the paints the corners of the house instead of the actual middle of the house meme that's out there. That's really what the focus has always been in this in this house. You know, it, this is interesting, too, because I know you guys, you, you play, you know, tournament ball as well. Uh, whether it's perfect game or, you know, Team USA or anything like that, you're aware you're in you're in the ballparks that have track man that that are looking at spin rates and such. Are, how are you handling that when you hear it, see it? Uh, do, you, do you ask about it? Uh, how, how do you kind of deal with the metric end of it? So from our perspective, it's it's more about progression, leveraging those tools for a progression than a validation. That would be really how we leverage it. Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, you you've seen it, right? You probably heard, you probably know his spin rate. You probably you know know what the number was if he pitched in Georgia or Jupiter or wherever. Yeah, absolutely. We do we do know the numbers. It's it's a nice to have because it gives us the ability to. You know, like I said, prog- pro- use it as a progression, how to improve the process, not just live by it. That's the best. I love that. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So no, should- that, that's, yeah. Do you guys, Spence, this is for you, because this is something that as me, as as a media member forever, and and I do talk a lot, uh, even though I'm not broadcasting until this thing, but we talk the game. You know, when I'm at a big league game, I'm always looking, you know, pregame, if there's scouts there, unless I have to write a story and then I want everyone to shut up. But uh, I'm always talking, trying to learn, trying to pick the brain of either you see a former player, you see, uh, you know, obviously you've spent a few more minutes with the with the manager or one of the players before the game when there's that opportunity to get to know a little bit more of the feel, why they thought about stuff. Uh, and, you know, if there was a moment in the game that, that people may have overlooked. I was always kind of magnifying. Why did you do this then? Why, you know, uh, do you guys as teammates talk a lot of baseball to specific end Spencer? I think most of us. Yeah. We like when we're like, 
in the dugout, we always like try to pick up small things that like a pitcher's tipping his pitches or if they're like tipping signs at second base. And we'll like figure that out quick. But I mean, besides that, we talk about like what's happening at the game or like what's going to happen like next. We don't really like focus on like like stuff outside of baseball unless we're outside of the field. Like inside, that's really that's good to hear. I talk yeah. about baseball. That's that's it. No, that's world- really important. I, I just to give you a little anecdote. Uh, back when when Al Leiter was with the Marlins in 05, before they got rid of him, that was when he wasn't very good. But he and Josh Beckett really hit it off that year. And it was Beckett's last year. And and I would see those guys, especially on the road in the team hotel, if I happened to be at Santa Hotel where they were. And if I bumped into them, we were we would talk a lot. And they would just say, and Al, and Al was telling Beckett that back in 97, 96, and 97, when the when the Marlins, of course, won the World Series in 97, that when Kevin Brown was on, on the Marlins, that Al and Kevin would either sit in the bullpen or in the dugout, and they'd hold the baseball, and they'd say, well, uh, how do you throw your slider grip, or or what do you do here? Do you put a little more pressure on, on the ball in this finger or that finger? They they took it to that level of conversation. Is that you know among among your you know the, the pitchers? Do you guys do that? You know you say hey you know obviously Talent is a is a right hander. You're a left hander. Uh, do you talk about grips and and you know with your teammates as well? Yeah, early in the year, like Talent and I would talk about because he was trying to throw a slider, so I showed him the slider grip that I threw, but he just had to do it on the opposite side. So he tried that out, and I think it's worked pretty well for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I'd say he, he had a, a great year. Um, yeah, Dave, jump in. Yeah, is, um, I, I, I assume, and you don't have to go deep into this, you're being heavily recruited right now, and you have people around you, whether it be college or pro scouts. Florida is where your area of Florida is a hotbed, so – how do you handle that kind of attention? You, your generation, I'm, I'm 50 years old. So I'm, even when I was coaching last, social media was not uh, like it is. But how, how are you handling this? I'll t- start with Michael as a parent coaching Spencer on, forget the baseball, the, uh, the craziness of social media, the, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a lefty with good size now with, when he's doing, having success, state title. People watching, whether it's college or scouts, how do you coach him on that? Because all, your answers today have been ideal. I'm bottling them, and I'm going to sell them out there to all the parents. They need to listen to this. So, how do you, how do you coach him on those distractions? Yeah, it's 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 a challenge with all the noise that it really exists with social media today. I mean, we have four kids that live in this house, and all four of them are athletic in their own ways. Uh, three play baseball, one dances. So it's uh, it's really making sure they understand that what is put out there on social media, no matter what platform it is, can haunt them later on in life. It really has to be, you know, combed through uh, and ensured that there's no negativity in terms of music that could, could haunt them. Uh, The posts are of the right mindset, not against anyone else. It's really about what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, We've even tried to challenge the kids, which they haven't done yet, but to even post negative uh, posts about their experience so they can understand what they're learning about. Like not everything can be positive. So we're trying to gear them to to make sure they understand that it's okay to fail. Uh, 
post that out there. Let others know that you're not perfect. And that's something that's been the biggest challenge. But but overall, they're they've the four of the kids in this house have have really done a great job in in learning how to use social media in the right way. It's a challenge. It's a lot of input in a kid's head and very tough, Spencer, this age to have an original thought because things are flooding your brain at a at, at warp speed right now. So in regards to baseball, now dad talked about Tom Glavin. Who who are guys that they could be teammates. They could be, we've had, we, we've heard about your storied history, the, the program there. Who are guys that you look to um, either for advice uh, verbally or you watch their game and see, see how they act and behave pro college, high school, whoever it may be and emulate them a little bit. Most of the guys that like I've, I've looked up to are probably Kershaw for sure. Cause I think I like, I can mirror him a little bit, but he's just a little bigger than me. But, um, I think also I would say uh, Shane McClanahan. I like watching him. Oh, great guy. I love his game. Love yeah, his game. I like now, how- are you a multi-sport athlete, Spencer? I was. Uh, what, were, what was your other sport? I played volleyball. Awesome. What, and, uh, t- okay. I know I know a little about volleyball. What position did you play and what kind of player were you? I was uh, I was, I was an outside hitter. Like I just I stayed on the outside and just hit. Those are, they set you up to, to spike it on somebody's yeah. head, right? Yep. <laughs> Very good. Um, no, I, I, I love the answers to this. And Michael, you've done a great job. You don't need us to tell you. I think the stepping back sometimes and taking a look, you should feel really good about your son right now. Forget the baseball. Um, very articulate, very well thought out. And your messaging is, is ideal. Um, who do you look for for advice, Michael? You know, Spencer's in the middle of this baseball stuff. I know it's it's hard. Your dad, your coach, your you're, you're, uh, I'm sure you're wearing many hats with your children. Who do you look for for counsel on all this, all, whether it's baseball or, or parenting? Uh, I mean, I, I look at, you know, it's it's tough. There's a lot of sources out there that that have good messages that uh, I rely upon. You know, my my family internally uh, is a good resource just to kind of keep us all grounded um, in this house. And then I have family out in California as well. But uh, you know, there there are so many. Uh, resources out there. I, I, I don't have any one specific. There's Brandon Geyer who who's out there these days. Who's been oh, a yeah. big mental health mental health coach. I think yep. he's now at UVA as well. He already he went there as a student athlete, and now he's back as the mental health coach there. So he is, yeah, yeah. So it's it's he's got really good messaging on on just life in general, plus with the athletics in there as as well. So. We have a young lady we're helping out. Actually, she's a baseball player. My, my wife and I help kids um, through their recruiting process. We got organically put into it. Now we're 660 kids in over the last four years helping with scholarships. And we have a young lady, believe it or not, out from Connecticut, Lily, Lillian Martineau. She goes to Brendan Geyer as well for mental coaching. So lefty hitter, righty thrower out there. But um, with... Uh, as far as the colleges go, I know you mentioned Brendan going to Virginia. Spencer, can I ask, is there a front runner in terms of uh, possibly obtaining your services next year? Or not next year, I should say three years from now. You're a 2026 grad, so you're still a baby. Um, is there a front runner yet in yeah, terms of that? I think uh, Virginia is the front runner. University. Not a bad academic school, not a bad baseball, huh? ACC, it's one of the top academic schools in the country. And I'm going to ask you an academic question. Well, actually, two questions. I don't mean to hijack it, but what kind of student are you? You got to be a great student if you're looking at Virginia. Yeah, and I'm then my second, but go answer that one first. I'm a pretty good student. I'm not a, a bad kid in school at all. 
<laughs> I wouldn't imagine. I don't think dad would tolerate that. Um, <laughs> not, no, not at all. That at all. <laughs> um, what, um, as far as your, your siblings, this is one that I, we have four children also in our house and they get asked this all the time. And I know my answer to our house. Uh, the answer is me, but the, I want to ask you the questions, but who's the best athlete in your house? I think I am. Okay. <laughs> there was no hesitation there. Yeah. <laughs> would, would your siblings concur? Probably, yeah. Uh, I think so. Okay. Really? You yeah. would think so? I don't know. That, 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 get him on, Michael. Get him I on the little brother, he looked pretty good field, you know, fielding grounders. Yeah, and, and his and his other brother is uh pretty athletic himself. He's just they're all built differently, so it's actually kind of nice. And so they all have their, their superpowers in their own way. Yeah. <laughs> brag, brag on them a little bit, Michael. I know it's about Spencer, but t- talk tiny bit about the, your, your other three children, just what their names are, what they play. Yeah. So, uh, Max, Max plays baseball. He's at Chaminade Madonna high school here in Hollywood, Florida. Uh, sister Maddie is uh, also at Chaminade Madonna high school and, uh, she dances competitively. So she's very, very, very good at that. Um, yeah, Max plays second base and, and pitcher as well, by the way. Uh, and then Tyler, uh, he's a 13 year old, um, who's still in middle school. It feels like he's been there forever. Um, but, uh, he play, he pitches, plays middle infield, uh, and he's, uh, the opposite of Spencer in terms of, uh, he actually still hits where Spencer's just a PO. Okay. <laughs> how old are, how old are the, uh, where does, what's the lineage of the kids? Who's the oldest? Who's the youngest? So Spencer, Max and Maddie are all sophomores, but they're, uh, Spencer's about to be 16. Max and Maddie just turned 15. They're twins okay. and, and Tyler's 13. Gotcha. Okay. Joe, turn it back to you. Oh, yeah, this is uh, this is fun stuff, and um, uh, yeah, it's uh, well. I just want to ask you know you were talking a bit about the mental side, but I was going to ask about the uh, both for for Michael and Spencer uh, how you kind of preserve your arm. Obviously, there's a temptation here in Florida. We 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 play all the time. We want to play all the time. Kids are competitive. Uh, you basically a lot of times like two days after the state championship. Kids down here are already playing travel ball. I know Spencer was part of a team. Talk about the summer, Spencer, and then just kind of are you are you shut down right now? What what do you when do you kind of dial it back and say you know no throw for a while? So summer I pitched only three events. I threw um, in Lake Point, Georgia, a few weeks after states, like three weeks after, and then I went to East Cobb through there. And then I went to Cary, North Carolina for USA. Yeah, tell about that experience. That was a, a very fun experience. I mean, I pitched against the top team in the country. I was coached by ex-major leaguer Cameron Maven, which was awesome. He's a great guy. And I had fun playing with him. Yeah, yeah, Cameron Maven, who I covered when the Marlins uh, traded for him for Miguel Cabrera and Dontra Willis uh, in that famous – Maven and Andrew Miller trade and and yeah Cam's a great guy and I always enjoyed covering him so it's always an honor uh, how does it feel when you have an ex big leaguer uh, you know giving you guidance how did, that's got to be just an amazing opportunity yeah it felt great because the way he just like the way he coached us and the way he just like let the game flow and let us do our thing was just great like with his son there he just let all of us do like our own thing. And then after the game, he wrote like a like a, a note about each kid and like what they did and what they had to work on for the next game, which I liked. That's awesome. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, Michael, what did you do to kind of say, okay, obviously you probably charted out, you knew everyone knows how many innings because Max Preps will say, or I'm sure, you know, Macy and Heritage tells you how many innings he threw. But was there a number? What what was like, look, he, he can't throw right now. He's He needs downtime. Yeah, we, we cut, and I hate to use the word workload management, but we basically envisioned Spencer potentially throwing more innings next spring. So the spring of 2024. And we looked at the summer as getting a little extra work. Uh, We limited him to 70 pitches per event. So he didn't, there was never going to be a game and or event that he was going to even touch, you know, the 95 pitches that he did in the state championship game. Uh, The goal was to get through the summer, get to those three or four events, depending on how many we chose and get back into the weight room and prepare for the longer uh, season and, and more more workload for next next season. Is, is Spencer going to pitch at a perfect game in Jupiter? I'm not throwing it all in the fall for school or uh, travel. I'm just taking it off. I'm just going to throw bullpens and lift. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so what was your total innings number this year? This year, so school is probably 38 innings, and then summer is probably 12 to 15. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm giving that, you know, for a gauge because, um, you know, as Dave noted early on when we, when we talk about our audience, and we have a good number, uh, 900 or so coaches at various levels that are subscribers and a good number of, I hope, uh, high school age, you know, youth baseball players. So what advice do you guys give? You could either one start first. Do you give for kids around the country that that are picking up baseball, that want to be serious, that uh, want to kind of take their game to the next level? What kind of advice as a as a player, Spencer, and Michael, you, you say as a parent that you give the parent and the player? I'd say for sure just to always move on to the next play. Don't look back on what's happening in the past, just always focus on the present and the future. Because like, I feel like when players get caught up in the past too much, it affects the rest of the game, and it could affect the rest of the weekend for tournaments or the rest of the season for school. Good answer. Michael? <laughs> so uh, I'll say from a, from a load perspective, uh, I, I've always said – that I, I want to see these kids pitch in 22U. Uh, these games that are early on in their lives, they, they matter, but they really don't. It's about understanding the game, uh, staying healthy, learning how to play this game the right way. And and really, you know, Pitch Smart is a good foundation to, to leverage for, for young arms out there. It's, it's not the end-all, be-all. Uh, understand that pitching back-to-back games uh, or days in, in general, are, is not a healthy way to to proceed in this game. Uh, I unfortunately had Tommy John at 17. I can tell you that overuse will not go well in the end. And understanding who you are as a player and understanding that you only get one arm in this game is super important. Oh, that, that's great advice. Dave? No, I love this. This is... Uh... I think this is going to be phenomenal. As as Joe mentioned, our audience is grassroots all the way to MLB front offices. So listening to this interview will be every MLB front office. And we have 900 colleges that subscribe to it and grassroots program all over the globe. So your guys' messaging is is ideal. Um, Spencer, question for you now, as far as in-game situation. We talked to a lot of major league and minor league guys, and 
there's a lot of professional pitchers and catchers who have never called their own game. Who, who calls your game? So beginning of the year, it was our coach, uh, Coach Dacio. He called most of the game. And then as we got into playoffs, he let Mateo Serna, our catcher, start calling it. And then he said, um, if you don't like it, shake off. But if you give up a hit, then that's on you. You take blame for it. Yeah, it's, it's just like Dad is saying, too. This is a learning process. This is you don't uh, you don't get better unless you're willing to expose your weaknesses. And if you're tough enough, as your advice was to our young kids out there, Spencer, you got to play the next play. You got to be willing to make mistakes and move forward. So I, I like that. Uh, M- Michael, your answers are, are just refreshing. I, I love your approach as a dad and, and as a, a baseball. You know, you're his coach, really, too. Um, in terms of after the game, what's the dynamic like after a game with Spencer? Do you guys get right into meat and potatoes? What happened? Is it, hey, we don't talk about it um, on the car ride home, get into a Larry, you don't talk about it at all, or you wait for him to get up? What's, what's, what's your guys' dynamic like after a game? Yeah, I think it depends on the the experience of of the day. Uh, I I think if it's a, I mean, I mean, luckily Spencer has had some very positive experiences, and he had one learning experience this past you know high school season. I think it was early on at Westminster Christian, where you know he gave up a game winning home run, and it, I honestly didn't even bring it up. I, I knew I knew his his demeanor and his, I just knew I, I've been there. I've given up a game winning home run. I'm not going to, you know, try to pry and try to pull out whatever information I can get. I, I wanted him to, I, I actually thought of it as a good experience because it was, it was something that was early on. It was a learning lesson and it, it hurt really badly, but I, I knew that it would make him a better pitcher overall. So I, I it it just really depends in the end in the end of the game of of how I'm going to approach him or any kid. What was what, and that's a great um, I think that's a great connect to how you handle that. What, what would be a circumstance where you may talk to him right away? Uh, I, I think the the biggest moments in which I'll talk to him would be if there were strategies throughout the game that you know didn't go right or if. If a pitch didn't go right in a certain moment, that that's pretty much where I'll I'll have a conversation to better understand. Because I listen, I'm I'm a fan now. I sit back and I I zip my lips and and watch and enjoy the moment, um, and and see and and observe only. So I I want to pull out the information after the fact from a strategy perspective and see if it actually was something that was supposed to happen or not. Yeah. Parents, listen to the, what he just said. He sits back and is a fan, enjoys the experience, zips his lip and just enjoys the game. So that's a good message to parents out there because I think with, with your experience and, and I go through this at my games, people are going to watch you. They're going to watch me, how we behave. Um, you know, as a former professional player, if I jump around like a nut on the sidelines, parents can be like, oh, that's how we got to act. So I'm very careful. I, I do the same thing. I sit, cross my legs. Sometimes I clap. Most of the time I just sit there and watch and enjoy not having to be out there coaching um, and just get to watch my kids play. But no, great answers. Well, Spencer, what about that no-no you flirted with? Take us through that game. Share a little bit about um, that. Did, did people, did you know you were, had a no-hitter going? Did people avoid you in the dugout? Um, Which game, the West Broward game or Punch Charter? You yeah, picked, he had but, a few of them, Dave. I know. What, when I, <laughs> yeah. when I, well, that's a great answer. That, that should be a move-on question then. But talk about the West Broward. That's one I read about. Yeah, so um, – that game, I did know. I just, uh, I walked 
after one of the innings, after the fourth inning, actually, I walked to the bullpen. I knew I had no hits allowed. I just sat there. I mean, I was like, I was thinking to myself, I was like, am I going to finish this no hitter? Next inning, I hit the kid in the foot, so I still had no hitter going because I had a perfect game. And then sixth inning, I think it was two outs. Oh, one of the last batter, he sliced the ball in half and a single to right field. Ah. So, I mean, that kind of, I was a little, I was a little mad, but I mean, I was laughing because that's how it ended. Yeah. Well, how did you handle the other one? Was it differently? The punch starting game? Marlin? Yeah. I mean, that was the same thing. I mean, I, I had a perfect game in the sixth inning and then I hit a kid and then they hit a single and then I got three outs after that. Will you stop hitting kids for God's sakes? <laughs> no, it's, it's always the. The back foot curveball hits the righties. Well, that's the righties don't like to hit that one either. So that's not a bad pitch to experiment with. But those are great experiences to have. And you you, you realize you're going to be in that situation again sometime. And um, I think your experiences, when you get it, you, you're going to uh, you're going to have a big smile on your face. So, but are are you superstitious at all? The ba- a lot of baseball players are superstitious i used to uh, put the and i won't reveal which one i guess you could guess 50 percent. but put the same shoe on first before the other one i was very big on not stepping on lines i jumped on i jumped over lines going on the field uh same communication to myself every at bat what what, what are some superstitions you have yeah, as a baseball so, player um i uh put two sunflower seeds in my cleats before every game <laughs> one in each shoe and then i wear ankle socks every game you do not eat those afterwards, right? No, I do not. Awesome. <laughs> okay, I'm, I, I didn't even want to ask that out loud. I was hoping the answer just. You got spent. We're not going to. How'd you come about that? You know, what? They just accidentally one day they slipped into your shoe and you pitched well, so you said, "Let me do this from now on." I guess so. I mean, yeah. Last year, I mean, I, th- I think it was fall last year. I uh, I was pitching one day and I came in the dugout and the sunflower seeds were in my shoes and I pitched good that game. So I just said, all right, I'll just keep doing it. <laughs> That's a good thing. Like, it wasn't a pebble. <laughs> no, I mean, if it isn't, so it wasn't intentional the first time they fell out of your bag, maybe yeah. or in the shoes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> hey, you know, that's what he's a lefty though, Dave, right? There, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. Lefties and I can, I can speak. I'm, I'm uh, ambidextrous. So I, I do shoot the basketball lefty, but I throw righty. Um, so I'm, I'm, I can, I can relate to the weirdness. I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. <laughs> well, well guys, I think this is a, a good place to stop this one. It's uh, again, we, you know, we, we're really, I try to bring as many different types of voices again to this, to this podcast. And, and so often a lot of the, you know, the people have been in the game a number of years and me over 20, Dave much longer and others on the, on the network. And sometimes we don't hear the voices of those who are actually playing. So when I get this opportunity, and I obviously have developed a nice relationship with with the with the Krasner family that they're gracious enough to be on, uh, to kind of give their voice and and to find out, you know, their points of view. And before we let Spencer go, Spencer, where do you? There's a lot of people, a lot of the older generation thinks the sport's not going in a good area. What's your answer and why do you would you say the sport is going in a good area and what would that take? And what I mean is a lot of the older think that the analytics are overtaking it and it's taking the creativity out. How do you kind of respond to that? I mean, I think everyone has their own opinions, but nowadays like all the kids just want to play and they want to have fun. I mean, you can't take the fun away from the game. 
if they have fun, you can't stop it. Yeah, and you do show emotion. You know, you'll you'll get excited. You'll be as excited as a as a hitter will throw a bat. You know, will bat flip you. You'll be kind of pumped off coming off the field after a big moment as well. And do you find any issues with that with any players? I don't think so at all. I mean, I know like some guys know when like to stop it, but like when you hit a home run like that, you can bat flip as much as you want. Like I'm not if I'm pitching and you hit a home run off me, you can bat flip all you want. I'm not going to stop you. That's your accomplishment and you earned it. So. They want a bad flip. Go ahead. I'm not gonna hit the next guy. I'm not like that. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of a bad flip, but you mentioned Mateo Cerna, who's the catcher who, who's graduating, going to, to Memphis. He had a, an epic homer that was a game changer against uh, Archbishop McCarthy, and he got his. I got the video of that, and um, he kind of got his money's worth, Dave, on a bad flip on that one. Um, and that was a pretty emotional. Uh, Emotional moment in that game, obviously. Uh, what was that when you relived that before you let you guys get out of here? That was that was crazy. And uh, the home run Spencer hit in the finals. His bat flip was uh, was yeah, pretty- yeah, yeah. I wasn't there, but I heard he he got his money's worth as well. Spencer Butt is going to Florida State. Uh, give these kids their due as well. Uh, any last comments from either one of you before we we head out of here? No, uh, that's it. Thank you. Appreciate it. No, I, I, gra- I greatly appreciate the time, guys. I, I think it's uh, a great opportunity for Spencer uh, to get his voice out there and just to, you know, earn this um, experience and, and get to talk to you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, it's our honor. Dave, last comments. Yeah, no, this is just another stop along the train ride for you. And I think uh, with parenting like you're doing, Michael, not that I'm the voice of all parents globally, but with I, I can say – with parenting like you're doing and with Spencer, the way you're approaching the game, the game's in good hands with people like you uh, being voices. So it's our honor to have you and we can't wait to follow your career and continue to see you do good things and just keep giving back to those young kids. Keep passing on those messages to them like you received. And I think that pay it forward uh, mentality will keep this game moving in the right direction. So we appreciate you guys and how you've, you've approached this really uh, this, this great success you've had so far. But I think your biggest days are still ahead of you. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah, you. this sport, guys, and, you know, you don't need lectures from, from me, but uh, they'll humble you. So cherish it, respect the game, have fun, as you say, enjoy the ride, and, and always uh, keep, you know, keep that perspective because, you know, like you say, it's always the next pitch. It's always the next batter. It's always the next challenge. And uh, and I know it, this is a – I'm really excited and, and honored that they – to have uh, Michael and Spencer Krasner as our guests uh, today. And, and we'll have them back on, you know, and, and we'll have some uh, some other players as well as, as we move forward and, and grow this channel. Uh, Dave, any last announcements or I'll take us out of here? Yeah, I've got, so just to our audience, over 43,000 subscribers, 73 countries, grassroots to MLB front offices. We appreciate your support. Continue to support what we're doing here. and We can keep providing you great content like Joe does and all of our shows do on this network, specifically today, Man on Second. The only promise I want from Spencer is when he does get that no-no, the, next, the first interview is with us the next day. <laughs> For sure. 
Yeah. All right, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. As always, again, thank you to Spencer Krasner, left-handed pitcher, American Heritage in Plantation, Florida, and his father, Michael Krasner. They're a great family. Uh, you know, go out, support these high school kids. When You know, if you get a chance, there's a lot of talent. The people down here do in South Florida. But, but support the grassroots effort. If you can lend a hand, it's, it's an exciting sport. Get involved. Make a difference. And, you know, in our own small way, we're hoping to do the same thing here on the channel. And with that, I'm Joe Forcero, man on second, and we are out of here.